It was a television program no one really wanted to make. But on Valentine's Day, 1962, at 10 p.m., 56 million people gathered around their TV sets to watch it. This is the White House, as seen from its south lawn. For the next hour, Mrs. John F. Kennedy invites you to visit the President's house and see some of the restorations she's made in its interior. CBS's Charles Charles Collingwood escorted the First Lady around as she told the history of the White House and explained her approach. And audiences were transfixed. Before we look at any of the changes you've made, what's your basic plan? Well, I really don't have one because I think this house will always grow and should. It just seemed to me such a shame when we came here to find hardly anything of the past in the house, hardly anything before 1902. Jackie, 31 when she'd arrived in Washington, had been given her own tour of the White House by Mamie Eisenhower, and had had a few comments to make, says broadcast historian Marianne Watson. She said that she thought the White House looked like a hotel that had been furnished by a January clearance sale furniture store. So the new First Lady made this redo her project. She raised the money herself from private funders. They had a fine arts committee, she had a curator, and they had a $2 million budget. But in the beginning, nobody had been thinking about TV, least of all Jacqueline Kennedy, who'd really wanted a coffee table book to document the work she'd done. And certainly not CBS Television's head of investigative documentaries at the time, Perry Wolfe, who was assigned the job of producing the program. It was Vietnam War time, and I wanted to go to, uh, you know, I wanted to go to Vietnam. I kept saying, this is the kind of thing you read in the dentist's office on the National Geographic. I mean, a tour of the White House. And on the other hand, I was wrong. <laughs> JFK was a great appreciator of the power of television. So when the subject of a TV show came up, Jack Kennedy convinced Jackie Kennedy it was a good idea. CBS began months of pre-production with the director Franklin Schaffner and producer Wolf. But we could not have direct contact with Mrs. Kennedy. We had to work through her press agent. So they all met for the first time on the day of the taping, January 15th. They had no idea what to expect. She might need a teleprompter. She might need a script. But she didn't need it. She showed up ready to go. Have you made any good finds lately? Well, we have. Um, This chest is rather interesting. As you know, the thing we care about most is something that belonged to a past president. This little chest was left by President Van Buren to his grandson. And the way it worked was we would go to a room and sort of talk it over, and she would tell us what she wanted to do, and then we'd uh, we'd shoot it. And then the next room. What is the diplomatic reception room used for besides receiving diplomats? Well, it's the room that people see first when they come to the White House. Everyone who comes to a state... Even as she was gliding through the long taping day, Perry Wolf remembers she was nervous. There was a bench with wonderful silk covering that had come from France, and she was a smoker, and she put the cigarette out on the fabric and not in the ashtray. She missed the ashtray. Nevertheless, she took charge and pretty much hosted the whole hour. Our correspondent was in the background. There's nothing more than cues for her to speak. And now, Mrs. Kennedy, can we go to the next room? That sort of thing. Uh, This is the part of the White House where you have the musical affairs. That's right. This piano was designed by Franklin Roosevelt with the eagle support. And uh, this is the end of the room where Pablo Casals played for us. 
Of course, she was not a professional. You know, her voice was a, a little constricted. I just think that everything in the White House should be the best. It was not her normal speaking voice, but that's where the tension was shown. But not that much. That's the oldest thing in the White House. It was astonishing how much she knew. You should look at this pier table. It's Empire, and it belonged to Joseph Bonaparte, Napoleon's brother, who came here after Waterloo. He lived in Bordentown, New Jersey. From 11 to 7, the big TV cameras on wheels followed Mrs. Kennedy around as she spun out her well-learned historical facts. And here Jefferson gave his famous dinners and introduced such exotic foods as macaroni, waffles, and ice cream to the United States. So we were just... Well, we were taken by our personality, as the whole world was, of course. I don't think the solution should be to uh, deny... Uh, medical care to that same people, day, however, President Kennedy was holding a press conference. I would suggest that the best remedy would be so he came over when he finished and taped a few words for the end of the broadcast, but he was still in press conference mode. That evening, CBS played the unedited tapes for the president and the first lady, and he wasn't happy with his performance. He said, no, I've got to do it again, Mr. Wolf. I've got to do it again. So he came back the next morning. It's a sign of the times that this situation caused a bit of a broadcast backup. The cameras were due to go to Ohio for the Pillsbury Bake Off. And, you know, the plane was standing by and they were standing by. And I don't know what happened to the Pillsbury Bake Off, but the president of the United States did his retake. Well, I think the uh, great effort that she's made has been to... Uh bring us much more intimately in contact with all the men who lived here. So on February 14th, CBS and NBC ran the program simultaneously without commercials. And a few days later, ABC ran it. It was the most watched television program ever at that time. Tens of millions of people tuned in. You know, it wasn't their curious interest in the history of the White House, but it was a curious interest in Jackie Kennedy. Mrs. Kennedy won a special Emmy Award for the broadcast, and the president maintained his interest in the power of TV. As a matter of fact, he called the next day after the CBS and NBC broadcast, he called the chairman of the FCC. He called Newton Minow. He called me and he said, what was the rating? I said, I'll find out. And I called Frank Stanton, who was the president of CBS. I said, I got to know something right away. He called me back and I called the president. He said, well, what was the answer? And I said, Mr. President, Jackie's rating was higher than your press conference. Thank you, Mr. President, and thank you, Mrs. Kennedy, for showing us this wonderful house in which you live. So, with this particular Valentine's Day special that night in 62, America was well into its love affair. Not with the house, not even with the husband, but with the host. For WNYC, I'm Sarah Fishko. a lot going on right now. Mounting economic inequality, threats to democracy, environmental disaster, the sour stench of chaos in the air. I'm Brooke Gladstone, host of WNYC's On the Media. Want to understand the reasons and the meanings of the narratives that led us here, and maybe how to head them off at the pass? That's On the Media's specialty. Take a listen wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> 